Amazing. All right, friends, welcome. My name is Heidi Mitro, and joining me is my partner and husband and best friend, Michael Mitro. Welcome, Hello. Heidi. Thank you. And we have been doing lots of videos over the last several weeks, and we have decided to just make this a regular thing. The feedback has been um, really incredible. And a, a lot of people kind of watching on the sly, I think you're experiencing this too, Mike, where it's like, hey, I'm watching your videos, but there's no, nowhere that we're actually seeing that they're watching. So we mm -hmm. know that there are people watching that aren't commenting, and that's totally okay. Um, but we know that we're opening up conversation about race and racism in a way that is making it a little bit more accessible, a little bit more of a bridge opportunity. Holy, oh, that's loud, dude. <laughs> and so we've decided to make it a regular thing. So welcome to Wednesdays at Noon with the Metros. And today, I mean, we're just going for it. We're going right in. We are talking about the N-word today. Um, and when we were talking about what, what the topic should be, this was like, okay, I guess, I guess we're just going to go straight, straight for it. So, um, babe, why don't you introduce who you are and then we can, we can just dive right in. Um, I'm Mike and I'm Heidi's husband and I'm black and, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, I, I mean, I've, I don't know. I feel, I don't know how to feel weird about going right for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just, it's uncomfortable. And I think that's part of the, that's part of the process, right? Like is being uncomfortable talking about yes, this. <laughs> absolutely. So um, what I would love, how I would love to start it. And for those of you leaving comments, just know that we will respond to every single comment, but we're not going to be doing it during our chat. Uh, we'll be doing it afterwards, but please let us know that you're watching and where you're watching from. And why don't you start with like how did you even learn about that word what what's your how'd you grow up with it what was your experience with it we growing up our dual it was experience. yeah um well i mean for most people who for people who don't know like i grew up in a multiracial family i was adopted when i was three months old and um you know so that word was not necessarily anything that i ever heard at home but growing up in a in a town that was diverse, um, it was it was a word that, for the most part, had didn't have a negative connotation depending on who it came from, right? Like it was a term depending, of endearment. I, I missed it. Depending upon what did you say? Where who it came from? Oh, I see. Okay. So it was like a term of endearment, you know, like when you're talking with friends, black up, friends, yeah, like yeah. Stuff. So, um. Like, even when you just said that, I'm like, oh, God, okay. You cringe, didn't you? <laughs> I did. And right. that's, that's because your experience with it <laughs> has more of a negative connotation. Right. And I've also had the, the um, reverse of that happen, where, you know, it's been used as a derogatory, um, a derogatory name to me. So. Well, and um, I think that for the purposes of our conversation, like, this is this isn't meant to be a, a history lesson, although I think it will be. This isn't meant as we are experts in race or um, anthropology, or right. Like that's how we met was in a cultural and a cultural, um, anthropology cultural anthropology class. Yeah, at Mankato. <laughs> right, but it, it this isn't necessarily about um, making it right or wrong. I think mm -hmm. that where like my experience growing up with that word was only within the context of rap music. Like it wasn't anything that anybody said. I remember when I was really little, it was eeny, meeny, miny, mo. That was something that I had learned. But I learned very quickly that you changed it to tiger, right? Like that was a, like people knew that it was a bad word, but nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. But I remember we had to make that amendment of like, it's a tigger or a tiger. Mm -hmm. and, but I didn't understand why. I didn't know. I didn't I never, know I've him, never heard that. That with eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, that's how I learned it. Was yeah. with the N word, right. and then it sure. was shifted. But I didn't understand why. 
And I, growing up in a super white town, I mean, all the dudes in my grade listened to Snoop and they, I mean, it was like, they felt super cool and they would sing it, but they wouldn't refer to each other that way. Like I didn't have any black friends. I mean, we had one black kid in our class and I'm sure there was banter, but it was never, like I never experienced, I really never experienced anybody using that word until I was with you. Mm-hmm. and and asking you questions about it right behind closed doors like why is it okay for you to use it why why shouldn't i use it is there a difference if there's an a at the end of it or an er right like all of these but can you as a black man and knowing that this is solely your opinion can you give your opinion on whether or not that word should be like straight across the board not used or if we need to have more space around its appropriateness my experience has been that it's um the use of that culturally between black folks is it is a it's a um exhibition of taking that the power of that word away from the, the negative connotation that it initially had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just kind of become intertwined and interwoven into the cultural norms, uh, you know? And I still believe that no one has the right to determine whether, you know, like outside of the, the, the cultural uh, exchange, has the right to determine whether it's acceptable or not. Um, I threw a little bit of a a curve at it this morning as we were talking about it. Like for our kids mm-hmm. who are black and white, if our if our kids used that word, they're gonna pass for white. Like there's so many nuances here. There's so much around it where I'm just like, for me it's a hard no. Like I that is not anything that I am going to flirt with on the line because I, that to me, I, I have a side mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to stay, desire to stay on the other side of that. Right. What I mean by that is like for someone to say, you, got, you, shouldn't, be, you shouldn't use that when you're referring to each other because it's got a negative connotation, that, that doesn't work, right? Like your, people are, would then be stepping over the line or stepping outside of their, their, uh, their wheelhouse per se, you know? So, so it wouldn't be appropriate for me to say, like, you can't say that to your black friends. Yes. No, it would not be appropriate. Would it be, and I really don't, we have not talked about this, so I feel a little weird, a little hot already. <laughs> like, if I were to say I'm not comfortable with you using that in front of me, is that still, like, dripping with white privilege and superiority? Or is that, like, I just have to get over it? I think you have to get over it. And when has that ever happened? Right? Like, well, I mean, I, in conversations between you and cousins, that has been a word that has shown up that it was new again for me. Like, Oh shit, we're doing okay. (laughs) That's. Mm -hmm. And the only time. What is it about? I mean, like why, why, why does that exchange make you uncomfortable? I understand why, you know, like, I think oh, Larry from Queens saying that would right. set us both off, but, but go ahead. Just a second. Cause I, um, when we were in lacrosse and that exchange happened, like, so Mike and I used to live in lacrosse, Wisconsin, and we went back to visit after we moved and we were at our, at our bar, like, right. Like our, our bar and there was a a dude in his 50s who got up in your face and absolutely hurled that word at you with so much hate and venom um and told you that you needed to go to the end bar and no one wants you here kind of stuff i i was stunned like i don't i don't know that i have ever been that angry or shocked in my entire life. And so that word, um, 
a second. <laughs> I knew the intention behind that. I thought I got my cry out before we got on here. <laughs> like I had a little moment. Um, the way that he said it was dripping with pain and hate. And so I have a visceral reaction, even if it's between two black men, it, there's still a, it's still a volatile, it feels like you're holding a bomb. It feels like there, there's, it's hot. It's a hot topic. It's a, it, and, and watching that go down. I'll, I mean, I'll never forget that as long as I live. We, we'd had enough experiences of being a mixed race couple where you knew people were looking or people, you know, would cross the street to not be by you, you know, that type of stuff, but I had never experienced I was afraid that level of hate mm -hmm. made me afraid. And so that exchange between you guys as two black men, I'm, it's always going to trigger that memory for me always. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And I do I think as a, and I don't even know if this is valid. You have to tell me if I'm reaching here, but with our, our value of connection, that word doesn't feel like a connector word. Mm -hmm. Like that word between you and I will never be about connection. And right. it is about, I've had this conversation with multiple coaching clients, like we have to expand our ability to hold multiple opinions about things that are not either or. Mm -hmm. And this I don't think is an either or. I think it's it's appropriate in some contexts and it's not in others. Um, but I I'm not here to make the make it right. I'm here. We're just here to open up this conversation. And now I'm Absolutely. like, oh shit! Did we get in over our heads? <laughs> we'll talk about it offline. Yeah. yeah. No, I want to talk about it now. That's oh, why okay. we're here. Right. Yeah. No, I I mean I think that's a valid point, and I'm sure you're not the only one that feels like that. And at this. I mean, I, I, there's no right answer. I mean, um, I think that's the, the, the piece of it that is frustrating for people. And you talked about it last night, that perfectionistic tendency for people um, mm -hmm. to have Especially a clearly defined boundary or a clearly defined like parameters to operate in. And I think that's problematic. Like there isn't that in this particular instance. From a larger perspective, there is. Mm -hmm. There's no gray area when it comes right. to. but within the context of like a, an, this kind of an exchange, I think I've, we've earned the right, <laughs> you know, to, 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 to use that word. And um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of con contextually, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Intention. it's not gonna be something that, yeah, so. Well, and I think where this conversation started was we've been having lots of dialogue with so many different community members and friends and colleagues mm -hmm. and this word has come forward where there was a conversation had between a group of friends and a, a joke was told with that word and our friend called this other person out and said hey man we're not we're not doing that mm -hmm. and it created an uncomfortable atmosphere for them but it also reminded you and I we're only one person removed, maybe not even that far in some cases, where that word in 2020 is still being thrown around flippantly with the intention of it being hateful and with the intention yeah. of it being, it isn't about connection. It is massively about disconnection. Um, yeah. And I, it sparked the conversation between you and I again about this word because it's going to show up where we live geographically in the middle of the country. It is incredibly white here. And this word still gets thrown around in jokes. It's still um, used in a derogatory way right where we live. And so I think part of the purpose of us having this conversation is what are you going to do when that shows up? Because I, I think it will. I don't even know if it's a matter of if. I do think, yeah. based on where we live, it is a matter of when. Yep. And, and I, so that's I'm curious, your. I had that exact conversation this morning um, during a meeting that I had, where um, now it's you know the people who it's it's time for people to step into that element of 
discomfort and be the person who says that's no, that's not acceptable. Right. We're not doing that anymore. And it is uncomfortable and it will cause an issue, but I think it's to the point now where again, it's, it is either you are actively participating in the discord or you are actively participating in the solution. There's no room to just be neutral anymore because it's uncomfortable. That is how that is status quo. And that's how we have arrived where we are. I feel like a broken record because I feel like I've been saying this over and over the last little while here, but it, I cannot stress that enough. Like the, 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 the room for apathy doesn't exist anymore. And so what would you say? Because one of the reasons I wanted to start with the, where we began was, well, they call each other that like, what's wrong with me saying it in a joke? If that's, acceptable between black men because it's the connotation of the joke like that joke is inherently uh disparaging right more often than i don't i don't know any good racist jokes do you you know so (laughs) right i mean i mean there's there's a (laughs) t-shirt you can't i don't know i I just i'm getting ahead of myself here but there's just no place for it and so the context uh, you know, of a conversation between me and somebody who looks like me is that is a an, a, a term of camaraderie. It's a term of um, endearment. It is. I mean, it just is. Like it's. I am going to take that word and I am going to empower myself with it because of the the historical context of the word. And like you said, we don't need to go into a history lesson. I think we all are aware. You know of the historical context of the word and it's it is uh incumbent on people who have arrived at that level of self-awareness and self-reflection and realization that they're part of the solution to then step into the role of um facilitating the conversation so what would you say like and we we've been through this in different ways where and this to me is not a political issue. This to me is human rights. This is interpersonal, but there is this theory. There is this phrase of it's locker room talk, right? That's that phrase started with it being about women. Mm -hmm. Um, Locker room talk is bullshit. (laughs) Like locker room talk (laughs) is not a thing. It is an excuse, right? It's an excuse that so let's um, say you're in a locker room or you're on a golf course or you're at a barbecue and all of those things are, you know, interesting timing. Anyhow, what happens if one of your buddies or someone in your family or someone in your inner circle is using actively racist terminology, including the N word? What would you say? How do you even I mean, you and I have difficult conversations all the time. I think we have a different um, tolerance. I don't know threshold but yeah but i i there are still some people where i'm like oh i don't know hi ivy <laughs> they're still i mean this this is a it's a thing it's going to be a thing when we are gathering differently again but what would you say how do you handle it you you cook you have to be the person who makes the correction and that's what it is it's a correction it's like we have to retrain retrain the 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 narrative i think it's one of those you know people are just that's just how we do it that's how we that's just how we talk uh it's always been that way and it's always been that way is never an excuse for anything right <laughs> honestly and well, so and i think with you and i it's a matter of like with our kids mm-hmm. we're not of the mindset of like it's a one-time conversation that's never going to be how it is <laughs> mm-hmm. in our house and just say no or don't do it or you know any of those things we're coaching them on what to actually say and having them say it back because mm-hmm. it's one thing to think it it's another thing to say it yeah and so i am curious like do you need to pause for a sec no okay are they getting us lunch they're getting themselves a snack so. <laughs> um I am curious what, what you would want them to say. 
And I don't, is that even the, I mean, if, if it happened in my midst. What would you want them to say? Like if, if it were in my circle, for me, it would be much more direct. Like, dude, no way. That is not what we're doing. Absolutely not even close. Right. I can't imagine a, a scenario where that would happen in front of me. In front of you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a straight shutdown, but that's been an evolution. I mean, I shared this in a live previously where, you know, there would be, it was typically older men in my practice who would be like, this isn't about Mike, you know, he's one of the good ones. And then they would proceed to tell a racist joke. And my response was like, "Mm, it's not really that funny. You know, Mm -hmm. that, do we say stuff like that anymore? It was more of a passive, but I feel like now it's like, Hell no, man. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. That's not what yeah. we're doing. I think um, this whole this whole scenario has emboldened me in particular and you I, and, and I think a whole host of other people in a different way and has elevated the level of confidence in the um, confrontational part of this where it's like, you know better. I think it's an interesting word. Say, um, what do you mean by that? Like, I, I mean, I, like your direct response or your direct um, intervention in a conversation like that where you're like no that's not what we're doing like mm-hmm. before it was like okay there's got to be a nice way or a polite way that ship has sailed now um, right because it I still hasn't think worked. that there can be a level of respect where it's not for me it would never be I'm not in the, the habit of like going for the jugular right out the gate it's gonna I'm have not to- saying that either but I am saying like you versus like the are we saying that like that passive right. kind of a response doesn't is not acceptable anymore it's we are not saying that right and you right. yes there's a polite there is a way to make it um less aggressive but i think it also does need to be firm at the same right. time like you don't get a pass like you don't get you don't get a pass like you have to I have a lot of women, white women reaching out, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing and I don't want to have backlash. And it's like, we're just going to have to have tougher skin now. <laughs> like you, you are going to have to just risk it and risk looking like a bitch. That's, that's specifically for white women. We don't want to well, look here, like a bitch, here, right? Here, here's the thing. If you're worried about someone's response to this and you know, it's wrong, even, mm-hmm. you know, um, then that tells you where 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 they are on the continuum but i also think that there's a lot of recognition of like oh i didn't there's stuff coming up to the surface and you're seeing you and i have talked about this that there's a clarity in how people feel we're like oh no way oh i'm so disappointed in how this person is going forward or the the facebook stuff that they're putting out or the passive aggressive digs or you know there's there's a clarity in where people stand. And I do think that it matters to be able to say like, that doesn't fly with me, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which side I stand on and you do have to pick. Yep. Boys will be boys. Locker room talk. That's just the way we've always done it. Those are deflection phrases, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they steer you away from the the root cause, which is, um, a lack of exposure and experience and or just flat out racism like not even maybe right. a, a lack of experience but you're just an asshole i mean sure. it may just be there that. are yeah that, that i mean there are scenarios where that is true um but i i i but i do think that you know those those responses don't stop that's not where the conversation ends right that what do you mean that's an invitation then to say, what do you mean? Like, what does that actually mean when you say boys will be boys? Right. Um, or that's just how we've always done it. Who's we and how you've always done what, right? What are you trying to, what are you saying? Right. So I think it's an invitation for further investigation. Right. And, and then I, I, I don't know, I think enough interactions like that will cause folks to have pause and really and not everyone but i think there are people in that on that part of the continuum who'll be like hmm maybe there's something to this you know right. i think that's happening more 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 and more for people who felt like you know it was maybe it's it's not racist because it's not the person that this is about's not in the room 
or I know someone who's black, but I can still tell a joke when they're not around, like those kind of conversations. Um, and we know that that's, that's not right. You know, mm-hmm. I know that, you know that. And I think the more we talk about it and the more uncomfortable it makes people, the more room for growth and, and, and um, progress on the continuum there is. What about the argument of like, we're trying, we're, we have to be too politically correct or you're a snowflake if you can't handle jokes like that or, you know, that type of mentality. I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, because I know, I know people are worried about being PC on one hand and like, we are all way too sensitive on the other hand. I'm curious your opinion on that. I think that when it comes to issues of race, there, it's too, it's too um it's you, not about you pause politics. there sweetie can you say it again i said when it comes to issues of racial injustice and um systemic racism it's too big everyone knows and it is not what do you mean by politi- it's too big it's not a political issue it's a human rights issue it is a um issue of suppression like there are there are systems in place to actively um, dehumanize people. That's not a sensitivity issue. That is mm. a like, it's a human rights issue. It is, and so for, if that's if that is your opinion, then we don't really have any any con- we don't have anywhere to to meet to have a conversation about it. And then we're just going to have to agree to that you're wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> and then eventually maybe you'll come to the you know you'll come back around. And who knows what that that requires um, experience wise, but I don't I, I'm not going to engage in a conversation with someone who doesn't think that there's an issue like that. That's a no win situation. Well, and it's too like you and I have talked about and this is a broken record thing as well. We have to work from where we are on our continuum mm-hmm. where it's like I'm not talking to people this far down and I can't it, it would be disingenuous for me to pass myself off as a civil rights expert. That's not accurate. Mm-hmm. But right here in the middle, if, if someone is telling a racist joke in front of me, and that has happened when people didn't know that I was married to you, it's also happened when people did. Mm-hmm. But there is a, now it's just a, it's a, it's a no. It's like, yeah, man, no, we're not doing that. That isn't how, you, you aren't allowed to say that in my presence. And you got to check yourself. Mm-hmm. But being able to, like we tell our kids, you need to practice what you're going to say yeah. because you probably do have that family member who is not quite sure, but they're going to test the waters. Or maybe you've got a colleague who in the past has used a lot of racial slurs and you haven't called them on it, even though you haven't agreed about it. It's important that that become a part of your, like when people say, I don't know what to do. What, mm-hmm. what I, especially from the white women that I'm working with this, I don't know what to do means I want to solve the whole issue and I want to solve world peace and I want it to have happened yesterday and I'm so sorry and I feel guilty. And it's like, nope, have the tough conversation with Uncle Jim at Thanksgiving. Like mm-hmm. that is how <laughs> this shit changes is yep. it's that close to you. You don't have to go fix the healthcare system today. You know, like that. It's a, it's, it's all connected, but it's also like there are, there's progression. Like you can't, you have to start somewhere. If you wait until the time is right to do it all, you're never going to do it. And then we'll be back to the status quo. Right. Um, That is, I mean, yeah, it starts with the, 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 like the interpersonal interactions. It starts with, you know, first of all, like taking a, a, a stance and not being sh- afraid to do that and not being afraid of backlash or, you know, cause like you said, it's, there's no, there's no, I think people are looking for the 100% answer. Right. And that doesn't exist. Well, that's the perfectionism, right? That's the, it, like, it, I have to do it. Be, absolutely. Incremental. Right. Sure. And I think the, um, the only, that's the only way it can happen is to it's through incremental and sustainable and inclusive solutions. 
I do think it starts requires, with making that decision, right? Yeah, like, re- are you anti-racist or are you not? Yeah, I mean, you're either a part of the solution or you're a part of the problem. There's no great. There, I think we. I think. You, do you think that that's as? That. You think that's as clear cut? Like it I is. Do, a, because it, if it's you, an either or. It is an either or because if you are not actively, camp like participating in the solution, that is silent. Um, uh, you know, silent agreement with with the other side of the the coin. Um, you can't be neutral because it affects everyone. I think that's another challenge. Is there are people who feel like this doesn't necessarily affect them, but in actuality, like their inaction condones the actions of those around them. Because that right. even if they're not actively participating in the solution, or actively participating in the like the degradation mm-hmm. if they know people who are actively participating in the degradation and they're not saying anything for example when they're somebody tells a racist joke then they're part of they're 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 part of the problem right and i think it's important and you and i've had this conversation a lot to recognize that there will be a nervous system response mm-hmm. <laughs> when you are in those situations and that's okay that i mean your oh, nervous system should kick in you should be in fight or flight or freeze that's how you know that you that that, that it's wrong like your body is telling you because you know that means you know that means you've got that level of self-awareness to 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 know and that discomfort will lead you home that discomfort will lead you back to your connection with yourself you can't shut it down eventually it's going to catch up like right it's going to start to man physical symptoms will start to manifest if you continue to to operate in that level of discomfort like that level of uh, well, it's like disconnection system response almost right, right? Like, and if you're hanging out with people where your immune system is kicked in most of the time that's that is a cue that you are not hanging around with aligned people which goes back to values which goes back to like yes this is about race yes this is about human issues but we can blow that out even more macro about mm-hmm. this is about connection and this is about mm-hmm. health and this is about racial equality you know, it, it, it is much more macro. Um, you can blow it out. Yep. And there are a whole host of other companion issues that go along and contribute to this, you know. Right. Um, when you're talking about connection and nutrition and all these other things that can play into the way that your brain works and how potentially receptive you are to ideas that run contrary to your own. Um, or to your experiences. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a systemic problem on lots of levels. Right. Um, And start where you are. Yeah. Like start, start where you are. And I think, I mean, we went right for kind of the, the controversial topic. I think we'll probably just continue to do that. I think it, it fosters conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, It fosters self-reflection, which is where it has to start in my opinion. Um, people have to get there on their own. That's another thing. That's another one of those repetitive statements. What do you mean by they have to get there on their own? I don't know if I agree with that. People have to arrive at the acknowledgement or the, the point of discovery within themselves that something has to change. Like I can't make someone, I can't, I can't talk at someone enough to make them realize or agree with me. They, it's just like with anything else, like with, I mean, I use fitness as the example because that is where, you know, that this particular skill set for me has started where it's like, mm-hmm. I can't make you go home and eat a salad after you work out if you want to go through Wendy's, right. but then don't complain to me about the fact that you're not reaching your goals because you know what you're supposed to do. And so like, how does that, how does that equate to race in your mind? Like people have to arrive at the conclusion that something they have to re- they have to acknowledge it, they have to be able to acknowledge the fact that there's an issue, and that it's wrong. It's one thing to acknowledge it and continue to do the racist thing. It's another to arrive at the decision that, or the it, it, the awareness that something has to change. Right. And that that is that self reflective like, oh, am I really a good human or am I? actively working for the suppression um, and um, 
subjugation of a of someone who doesn't look like me because it makes me uncomfortable that they might be considered my equal or whatever the thing is, you know. Right. Um, and some of that I think is it's on that continuum of there's just like blatant racist mm -hmm. people. I have I I was using an extreme example. Right. But, no, no, no. But I yeah. but I think that there's that isn't who we're trying to change their mind. If you've no. got a family member who's committed to being racist, that the only person, and we talk about this all the time within the context of our family, but the only person that you really have influence over and can change is yourself. Right. And, and, and so if someone is in your family or in your circle and you do not feel comfortable with the way that they are behaving, you really truly cannot change them, but you really truly can speak for yourself. Yep. And that becomes about connection to self and respect for self. Yeah. And, and another area that we talk a lot about in our family is boundaries. You can't talk mm -hmm. like that in front of me. I, that doesn't fly. I'm not, you, you will, I, I will not participate in conversations where that word is used. And I don't care if you think I'm a jerk because of that. Like, if you think I'm a jerk because of that, now, now I know. <laughs> now, now the boundary has been drawn. Yeah. And that's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I'll bring my own deviled eggs to grandma jeans. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, so that, does that make it, does that make sense when I say that like they have to arrive at the decision that change has to happen on their own? I under, yes. I think the on your, on their own thing was like, you're going to need massive amounts of support to make change like this. Like this is not when you arrive there on your own, you don't right. Stay, then you seek out, right. You seek connection out the helpers and yep. support and connection and community. And that is just another thing. Like that is a, fundamental component also of like you don't you're not you can't do it alone you're not supposed to do it alone and I think right. that is yeah um, that yeah that, I think that's where I was headed where it was like okay I understand that everybody gets there as an individual but we don't make change no. without individuals connecting right that is I mean we're a, by fundamentally social creatures right and there we can't do it all by ourselves and i think again that compartmentalization of society and our culture has set us up to believe that we can like right you don't you don't ask for help just put your head down and go right you know but that's not actually how it is supposed to work i, I fully believe that as a it's a community effort it's a human connection effort right so, well, and I also think, I mean, you and I had this conversation over the past week of it isn't just about being anti-racist. For me anyway, it is about shifting or including being pro-diversity. Like I, there is a, I mean, we've talked about this in the context of our relationship. I grew up with casseroles and hot dish and chow mein from a can and like it, it was you have joked, and maybe it's accurate, that salt and pepper was my spice palette, right? Like that was as far as it went. And like, <laughs> sorry, mom, if you're watching this, but, and adding in learning about garlic and onions and peppers. And I'll never, I'll never forget one of our first adult type dates when oh, we no. went to the pickled parrot in Minneapolis. And you ordered the jalapeno angel hair pasta, jalapeno with white sauce, whatever it was. But it was like diced, minced, oh finely chopped jalapenos. Like in I the thought sauce. it was going to be like slices where I could pick yeah. it off and just have a bowl of buttered noodles. That's really what I thought was going to happen. But they had diced the jalapenos so finely into the sauce that I was dying. This was, we were still <laughs> dating. I think you lived in La Crosse and you'd come up to visit. And it was shortly there. after we started our yeah. reconnection because yep. I didn't. Yeah. Oh God. I, I could probably eat watching. that now. I'm like, I was like, you don't have to eat that. Like, <laughs> oh my God. So many other issues though. It was like, it was like money then like, oh my God, he bought me this meal and oh no, I'm so white. Like I can't handle any type of spice. And I mean, you would have asked for like extra, all of it. Like, can I have extra jalapenos on mine? <laughs> I've come a long way. We've diversified our food. We've diversified our music. We've, we're diversifying our bookshelves. Like, yeah. what, what I'm I, recognizing is that there's so much. It, it feels so good. 
<laughs> to expand your awareness and palate. And, that, and, and your, your experiences are that much richer. And I think that, the, again, the trick that has been played on us is that like, if you work hard and you get to this point, then everything will be great. But what we're finding out and what we're learning and what we yeah. are, we've continually talked about in our relationship and with our clients over the last, I don't know how many years is that there is no sedentary spot on the continuum. Mm -hmm. We're always moving. And even if you're not moving, the world around you is. And so sometimes we find ourselves being left behind, but, yeah. and but again, everyone is at a different place on that continuum. And, but progression is necessary. Like you can't be stagnant and, and stay sitting still, but there's only one place where that happens. And that's, you know, at the end, right? Um, there's only one finish line. But, but I do think that especially how, where I was raised in the context of the Midwest, it's like, just stay in your lane, work hard, do your thing, you know, go to church, do all the, check the boxes and you'll be happy. And that has not ever really worked. For, I mean, and I think that that's a level of stagnation now, right. looking back at that now, like, um, because. But I also think some of that was foundational where it was like, if you, you, oh, what was that face? Uh, nothing. I was trying to, oh. I was picking at something on my hand. Oh. Okay. You furrowed your brow and I was like, uh oh. I, he, well, I looked at the way thinking? that I was sitting and I'm like, that looks weird. Like, oh, anyway, I was looking at myself. So go ahead. The foundational piece of like the phrase that, you know, happens in my house you get your ducks in a row or you get your poop in a group, which is so gross, but it, <laughs> sorry, I said it. I know. And you, you do all of that and that leads to a good life. And I do think that stability, I do think that there is an element of predictability. And I think you and I have that where we have a little bit more flexibility because we've got the stability mm -hmm. where we're able to make different decisions and diversity can be seen as a positive thing because we're, our nervous systems aren't always kicked in for crisis, right? Yep. Like, yep. If you see something different when you have only ever seen white people and you do see color, please stop saying that you don't see color. When you see color, if that trips your nervous system because you have been micro conditioned at every level that black means bad, your nervous system is going to be like, that's a hell no. Instead of I'm curious, how could this actually make my life more enhanced? <laughs> right? It's mm -hmm. going to be the nervous system. No. And I think at every time where I've been calm enough or available enough or in a space of like, I'll try just about anything food wise, except for weird bugs and stuff. I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's going to enhance my life yet. Maybe that's further down on the continuum, but every time I've been exposed to a different type of culture or different food or different music or dance or whatever, it's been to my benefit. Mm-hmm. And I think we're talking a lot about anti-racism, but I, I think that eventually we, we do get to include, oh my God, so much benefit can come to your life too. But we have to take care of each other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is about it. And, and I think now more than ever, um, we're so interconnected. Yeah. Not, not physically but electronically mm -hmm. and it's not that hard to like, and actually I think it's more approachable for people to start that journey with a Google search, sure. you know? Yeah. Like, and, and but but you have I to want to do that. I, you got to seek that I, out. Right. And, and that's, and I was, um, but I also think it is exceedingly important then to have, to, to, to have that physical interaction. Um, with someone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. I just think it's, and especially for kids, I think I keep coming back to this, like before, before they leave their house as an adult, they've already been informed about the wider world and how dangerous it is and how bad other people, different people who look, don't look like you are. And, and, and that is, then they take that, experience into their adult life and it just continues the cycle not everyone right. but enough people that 
have that experience, then, you know, move out into the world and Without that it continues in. the cycle. Right. And I think the more we can interact with kids and the more we can, not you and I, but like other people, you know, your, the parents, like, and aunts and uncles and whatever the thing, whoever has the, it's the influence, like right. it's important for them to know that the world is, you know, they're not everyone not looks like, like you, but not everyone is that doesn't look like you is bad, right? right. It's a, it is too easy to paint people that you've never interacted with with a broad brush, mm -hmm. um, and I think that it, that 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 is where our um, that where our advantage is, like where we, where our access to change is, because right. my I mean, wouldn't it be great if our grandchildren grew up in a world where they're like what are you talking about what does that mean what is i think that's what happened with you and i because i have given this a lot of thought of like why have we not been doing this before mm -hmm. and i think because in our home our micro family of five race was not an issue and it was celebrated like mm -hmm. that's i think it was so shocking to our kids because within the context of our family diversity is just it's a given mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't have to introduce them to you as black it wasn't i mean that was never like right i mean no one we're not we're not born inherently racist right just like we're not born inherently like sexist right that is a fundamental um function of our surroundings as a child right or as a teenager or whatever the thing is when but it in, then it, it informs everything after that right and, and just this like, will require consciousness like i absolutely. think what you're talking about some i mean some people who are raising clan kids yeah that's a conscious choice of hate mm -hmm. for a lot of this it's well-intentioned people trying to you know do their job get ahead do their thing they're not actively trying to hurt anyone and no. that is where the revolution lies in my mind right now Mm -hmm. where it's not enough to have it just be about you. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not enough for, for your family to be doing okay. It's not enough for your color of people to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think... It, and, 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 and I think um, the, the messaging or the idea that I, li I live 60 miles from the Twin Cities, so this is not my problem. This is not my fight. Right. Is, is not true, right. right? But I think that is, so there's another opportunity to like, okay, how do we have this conversation with someone who lives really far away from any type of diversity? But I, even in some of those places, it's there. Of course. They just choose not to interact with it because there are migrant workers that populate all of these little towns. Right. There are Asian farmers who come out to some of these rural areas where there's land where they can farm and take their stuff back to the farm so i mean and there are so it's it does affect us all it's just right. like the the idea that sexual you know sexual assault or domestic abuse is a woman's issue right. actually it's not it's a man it's a men's issue and it's a so it's a family um, issue it's a human rights it's issue, a issue. Mm -hmm. absolutely it is all of this you know the 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 the, the language the way you describe something words have power and it matters how you frame it and so the idea that this discussion doesn't need to be taking place for instance in river falls because there aren't enough black people here for it to matter it do, it does matter i i live here you know there are other african americans who live here and there are latinos who live here and there are asian people that live here so while yes the population is mostly white it's not all white right and the issues do exist here Right. And not talking about them only perpetuates it. And what a unique opportunity to be able to say, like, we're affecting change where we live. Like, that is the point. And I think that as we wrap up this episode, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. the right word, this installment, affecting change where you are is how change happens on a global scale. Yep. Yeah, when you get too far out, too far macro, you get paralyzed. When yep. you can go to your home, 
to your individual heart, to your extended family, it matters. That, that is how change happens. Yes. That is why 100%. you have conversations with <laughs> the mayor and the chief of police and calling on representatives. And that's mm-hmm. how you individually are making change, right? Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. shit that you never thought you would do. So funny. Stepping outside of the zone. Well, expanding the zone, expanding hey, the zone of sure. normal, right? Comfort, yeah. So, any final thoughts as we wrap? Went a lot better than I thought. <laughs> Were you nervous? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't sure how the conversation yet either. <laughs> how the conversation was going to go. It's, it, and that's fine. I mean, maybe nobody's watching, but well, it. it but I it, also it, think it, that go it goes back to the stories, like sharing your experiences. A, you know, there's a there's someone that this will resonate with, and B, it's a it's the validation of the things that you're that you've experienced like right um and so then that's what people want they want to be heard they want to be validated and they want to be able to express themselves and those right. are those are all good things well, so and i think that, i encourage people to continue to do that yeah i still think that you and i will have a disagreement about like the use of the n-word like it's still going to be it's still going to impact me in a way that you don't have to manage i'm going to have to manage that on my own sure. but it's also i think if we wind it all the way back it is about intention mm-hmm. and if your intention is to hurt and you are telling like racist hateful jokes and using this word it's one thing and we mm-hmm. we do need to broaden our tolerance or appreciation or experience around just because you don't understand what's happening between two people who are in agreement about what's happening it doesn't mean that like your understanding isn't required for them to live their life Mm -hmm. and i know that argument could potentially be twisted to if two racists are having a conversation and you don't understand it like we just have to have tolerance but i'm still going to call bullshit on that because it, yeah, I don't know if I opened up another. And fundamentally, at the end of the day, don't be a racist. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I just. <laughs> I, I, hashtag I, don't be a racist. Yeah, what was the t shirt? Maybe, maybe. No, we that's for another day. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's in a small group where we can use all sorts of colorful language and it's not here. <laughs> All right. Stay enough. tuned for the t-shirt line that's coming. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you for being willing to have this conversation. I know when I first posed the topic that it was, there was a little bit of like, why are we starting there? Um, but I, I do think it made sense once we started mm-hmm. uncovering it between the two of us. But Absolutely. thank you for being willing and sharing your perspective. Um, thank you for watching. If you've got questions, like write them in the comments. This is a safe space for you to to feel awkward and, and stupid. And we're, if you're going to be a racist, just leave. If you have a legit question where you're like, Oh God, I don't know what to yeah. do. Private message us. Like th- our, our goal is not to shut it down. Uh, we may come back with a challenge. We may come back with like, you need to do your own Google search. Um, but we do want to be a safe place for you to like dip your toe in, step in and, and make that decision that anti-racist is the only choice right now. So cool. Thank you, sweetie. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to go on live, but I'll All right. be right there. On live. On live. Yeah. Okay. Friends, we will see you next Wednesday at noon. And uh, yeah, if this was helpful, like, and share it and uh, we'll see you next week.